1: It can be asserted properly and categorically that the United States has no right or reason to encourage talk of peace until the day shall come when there is a clear intention on the part of the aggressor nations to abandon all thought of dominating or conquering the world. It
0: feels as if it were an alternate universe where statesmen were statesmen when the message to the enemies of civilization was clear. Now, as the last nine days have demonstrated... We have a very different situation. That was FDR. Now we will listen to a man who was formerly a board member of Raytheon, formerly a four-star general in the army. He is currently the civilian secretary of defense. He landed yesterday in Brussels and had this peculiar statement to make on the shootdowns of enemy vehicles in our airspace.
1: I want to be clear. The three objects taken down this weekend are very different from what we were talking about last week. We knew exactly what that was, a PRC surveillance balloon. As we have said, we do not assess that the recent objects pose any direct threat to the people on the ground, and we will continue to focus on confirming their nature and purpose.
0: We will continue to focus on confirming their nature and purpose. In English, this administration shot down three aerial vehicles without knowing what they were, where they came from, or what their purpose is. Not very reassuring. Let's talk to a man who's written numerous books on American presidents, including a Franklin Delano Roosevelt champion of freedom, Lord Conrad Black. Welcome back to America First.
1: Thank you very much, Sebastian.
0: Now, you that have you have an impending, uh, you have a piece that is uh, imminent uh, to be published with the New York Sun. I'll just read the first excellent sentence. There is something both ludicrous and appropriate to the controversy over shooting down balloons and, quote, objects in the last week. Almost none of it makes any sense.
1: <laughs> well, uh, uh, I, I think there's a consensus that the first incident um, was clearly an initiative in espionage conducted by China. Um, I mean, we're awaiting the uh, raising up from a depth of a little less than 50 feet offshore South Carolina, the payload of that balloon. Um, But there seems to be a high level of official confidence that that's what it was uh, and the chinese have acknowledged it was their balloon though they have denied that it had an espionage purpose um, but the rest of it is, is just is is like a fantasy land we have no idea what these things were and and uh, I, I guess what the secretary of defense said in brussels was accurate as far as it goes but i, I think uh, uh, all Americans who follow these things, and Canadians too, because uh, you know one of the objects was sh- uh, shot down over Canada, yes. and, and and by a squadron of planes that included Canadian planes, although the missile was actually fired by an American plane, and and the other was well, the last one in Lake Huron. Then uh, those are international waters. I'm not sure whether it was. Technically in Canada or the US, but it was effectively in both. And, um, I, I think we all want to know what they were. And I, I just, I think we would probably seek a higher, a lower, a more reassuring statement from the Secretary of Defense that, uh, that, that the, these were either matters to be taken seriously and investigated accordingly, or that this was effectively. Uh, an exercise, a public relations exercise being conducted in the aftermath of the, as far as I'm concerned, uh, inadequately explained toleration of the Chinese espionage uh, balloon being permitted to Float all the way for I think approximately four thousand miles yes, exactly. from the Aleutian Islands to the eastern coast of south carolina and and uh, I mean it, it, since it was an espionage balloon, I understand this business about being concerned about damage to people on the ground, injuring people or killing people on the ground if the debris fell on them but uh, I mean the Aleutian islands, Alaska. Northern Canada, northern... Or,
0: or even Montana. Montana.
1: There, are, there are hardly any people there. I mean, issue a warning that something may fall out of the sky and tell people to look out for it and or go to their basement or whatever they want to do and, and, and shoot it down. You don't sit there for five days as the media of the world amuse themselves talking about this espionage balloon traversing our continent. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Now, in in your impending article, you talk of a a, a Canadian instance. You talk about a certain uh, Minister of National Defense, General Andrew McNaughton, and then the long-serving Premier of Quebec. Will you tell us about this fascinating Canadian story?
1: Yeah, well, in April, April 7th, as I recall, of 1945, uh, General McNaughton, who had been the Canadian commander in Europe and was a very admired and Serious general. He wasn't a. He wasn't some you know quartermaster doling out the spirit issue and new pairs of socks to people at home. He was a proper combat officer uh, in both world wars, and um, he was the minister of defense. and He wrote the premier of Quebec, warning him that uh, balloons made of and I quote strong paper had been sent off by the Japanese and were designed to descend upon northern Quebec and and uh, drop incendiary bombs in the forests of northern Quebec, and they might also be used for purposes of bacteriological warfare. But he did reassure the premier of Quebec. Uh, this, by the way, was the same premier portrayed in a cameo role in the famous movie Rosemary with... Nelson Eddy and Jeanette MacDonald, uh, Premier Duplessis, um, he assured him that the these balloons made of strong paper and carrying incendiary bombs and possibly uh, bacteriological warfare units were not carrying soldiers. I mean, why it would possess a man of the intelligence of General McNaughton to tell a serious person like the Premier of Quebec uh, that... Uh, that paper balloons launched from Japan and propelled by the airway uh, it did not, whatever else they might be intended to do, did not carry soldiers. Just, it just sort of astounds me. And, yeah. and uh, Duplessis himself, the recipient of the letter, was so incredulous. He felt he had to acknowledge it, but he threw in just because it was a topical subject uh, that quebec did not wish any concentration camps for japanese pows set up within its borders but i, I mean it, it was it was like a uh, it, it was like an exchange between two children in a pretend drama you know like playing post office only one's the defense minister and the others the premier of a province i mean it's just nonsense and but there is an element of the absurd in some of what we saw last week
0: now as somebody who's north of the border who's done business across the globe ran an international media empire how is this being read what what do you think in other capitals friendly and unfriendly Mm -hmm. is the are the conclusions being drawn uh, on the last nine days in U.S. politics?
1: Well, I think on the first um, balloon that that was shot down off off South Carolina, nobody disputes that it was, has been acknowledged, a Chinese balloon. I think most opinion would be skeptical that China is accounting honestly for it, uh, but there is widespread astonishment that the United States would tolerate this, um, uh, it, you know, drifting all the way across the country before before it was shot down. Uh, the U.S. and Canada, I mean, Canada should have shot it down once, they, I mean, presumably they were, NORAD as a joint venture and they would be aware of it at the same time the U.S. was, but so, but, you know. Pe- and frankly, people in the world don't care too much about Canadian airspace, but they're a little uh, taken aback that the Americans would be tolerating this thing drifting over the missile silos in in North Dakota and so on. But um, uh, I think I think I, mean, I have no standing to speak for the world, but my impression is that people are. Surprised that the U.S. administration is treating the whole thing in such a cavalier manner and doesn't really seem to take it seriously at all, and, and then has compounded it by uh, leaping from complacency to overkill and, and and scrambling very sophisticated fighter planes and interceptors of both countries into the air to shoot down um, random unidentified objects where even uh, after they've been brought down we have no real idea what they were.
0: Okay. We are talking to the author of FDR, Champion of Democracy. You can follow him at ConradMBlack.com. Also, more recently, uh, Donald J. Trump, a president like no other. Follow him on Twitter at Conrad M. Black. Also, co-host of the podcast Scholars and Sense with our good friend Victor Davis Hanson and Bill Bennett. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You can subscribe to our one-on-ones if you go to Spotify, Apple Podcast right now. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka. America First and Never Miss an Episode, back after these messages.
1: 15 years ago, North Vietnam, with the logistical support of Communist China and the Soviet Union, launched a campaign to impose a communist government on South Vietnam by instigating and supporting a revolution. In response to the request of the government of South Vietnam, President Eisenhower sent economic aid and military equipment to assist the people of South Vietnam in their efforts to prevent a communist takeover.
0: It may be another century, may only be 50 years ago, but it feels like a millennia ago. Where are the statesmen? Let's talk to a man who has documented and chronicled them, including President Nixon, the author of numerous presidential histories. Most recently, Donald J. Trump, a president like no other. He is Lord Conrad Black. Lord Black, am I just being nostalgic? I I just don't see um, robust speeches of the ilk of either FDR or Nixon today especially when it comes to national security what's happened
1: well of course that's a complicated question to answer but i i think in part the end of the cold war caused uh, a large part of the west to 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 allow its strategic sense simply to go to sleep we weren't okay. under any particular threat and And so uh, our energies were focused elsewhere, and we were as a as a civilization taking the whole western world uh some greater laggards than other but we uh, we were very slow to recognize the rising threat of of china and and so we're not in the habit of addressing national security concerns with the urgency that was Obviously required during World War two with president roosevelt and and is certainly required through the Cold War with a succession of presidents, including mr nixon and um, and and we 're just sort of getting back into it a bit now now, add to that uh, this is uh, and I, I must say I think secretary austin um, at, at least unlike most people in that administration that you see, does have a well-developed strategic sense. And, and I know some members of the Defense Policy Board who, who are not Democrats but are somewhat impressed with him. So I'm, I find him in a reassuring presence apart from his nonsense about uh, critical race theory being taught in the, in the Armed Forces and that sort of thing. But he, he does seem to identify the American national interest and be concerned with it. So does the CIA Director Burns and so up to a point as the National Security Advisor Sullivan. From what i've seen uh but the president himself and his immediate entourage are in, from what i can see quite worrisome and still more or less asleep on that issue but we we we, we, are, we have not had speakers of the of the forensic talent of roosevelt apart no. from ronald reagan and and mr nixon was a very good speaker too i will say president trump i think recognized the strategic requirements of the country address them uh, and and uh, while he was a very good speaker in some ways he never mastered or at least not in his first term uh, the uh, the ability to mobilize the country with those specific addresses on strategic matters that that roosevelt and nixon but a number of others president kennedy president eisenhower president johnson Uh, all possessed. And, uh, you know, President Kennedy's address on the Cuban Missile Crisis was a very, very fine speech.
0: Maybe we'll have to re the fireside chat for a second Trump term. We'll talk about the competition for the uh, chief executive in a moment. I want to just thank our listeners across the nation uh, for your support for the people suffering in Turkey and Syrian Anatolia. We are partnering f- with Food for the Poor to help the families who have been devastated by that Force 7 Richter earthquake. More than 35,000 have been killed. Many, many more have had their lives shattered. If you wish to su- help support Help the women and children who are in need. They are getting food and meds into them right now. Please go to my website, sebgorka.com, and make a donation today. Even $20, $100 would make a huge difference. You are literally saving lives. That's S E B G O R K A, sebgorka.com, and the Help Turkey banner at the top. Or you can just text my name, G O R K A, to nine. That's Gorka to nine, or go to sebgorka.com and click on the Help Turkey banner. In your latest piece, uh, you you end the discussion with uh, uh, hypothesizing uh, Biden running against President Trump, and you end by saying Trump can surely win the rematch. Others have stepped into the fold. Nikki Haley announcing this morning at just before 8 a.m. Eastern time, despite the fact, let's just remind Nikki Haley, the Internet for is forever. Two years ago, she had this to say at a public press event uh, cut... Uh, uh, cuts to
1: he still has a lot of popularity if he runs again in 2024 will you support him yes if he decides that he's going to run would that preclude any sort of run that you would possibly make yourself
3: I would not run as President Trump
0: I would not run in 2024 if President Trump ran. I guess her word is not her bond. Uh, Lord Black, what are you expecting for 2024? A rematch of 2015, which was rather fun, rather enjoyable. A full, full slate of potential nominees and a rather robust debate. Or do you expect something a little bit more um, smaller in scope?
1: Uh, I think... Uh, uh Governor haley is running uh, really for vice president yes uh and, and and there's nothing wrong with that because i think uh there's no uh, I mean, that position is wide open and and she has a she had, would have a legitimate claim i think if if she were the nominee, no matter who the presidential nominee was, i think people would accept that that uh Governor or Ambassador Haley would, was a well-qualified person to be uh, the vice president. Um, I won't, I won't labor the obvious to your listeners by making any comparison with the incumbent. But the, um, I, I think as to what I expect, it, it seems to me as of now. And of course, these things are notoriously capable of changing. But um, I think President Trump has been strengthened appreciably by uh, by the. Complete dilution into absurdity of this nonsense about classified documents. I mean, mm-hmm. it is, there is no chance, zero, none, that President Trump or President Biden or Vice President Pence Violated the Espionage Act. The whole thing is utter nonsense, invented by the you know the tactical and strategic managers of the Democratic Party to to damage Trump and the Republicans coming into the midterm election period. And, and it is a well deserved thing that they've they've created a monster that has turned on them. But but it's now a declining issue, and it's not leading anywhere. But I, I think that it, as as that settles down. Um, it, it becomes harder to vilify Trump as, as in the outrageous way that the Democratic smear machine and their media did as, as a profoundly corrupt and unsuitable holder of a high office, uh, and and I think that's an assistance to him. And at the same time, the steady uh, oozing out sluggish and uh, filthy of details of the skullduggery of the Biden family financially uh, is doing considerable damage to the Democrats and particularly to their ability to sling muck at Trump. So I would say that
2: uh, we're out of time.
0: but i think uh, we could spend another few hours on the separation of the details of corruption we've been talking to lord conrad black the new york sun read him there and follow him at conrad and black this is america first, america first.
2: America First, Magnificent.
0: Welcome back, dear friends. It's Friday. Does it feel like Friday? Kind of crept up on me there. If you love this show as much as we love providing it to you, support those who make it possible. This is a free market enterprise. We rely upon great patriots like Mike Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow, to bring you the product every single day, all three hours of it. The left hates him. The FBI are intimidating him. You heard the story he told about being surrounded at a Hardee's drive through The left wants to cancel him. Even Walmart have banned his products. Let's have his back. He's just... Upgraded the MyPillow. He sold seventy-one million of them, but it wasn't good enough. The 2.0 is out. He's got some amazing BOGO offers. Use my name for up to 66% off the other 150 plus products on his website. MyPillow.com, code GORKA, or just call 800 829 8468 That's 800 800- mypillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. When I saw this yesterday, I didn't want to believe it, but given what's happening here in America, I shouldn't be surprised. A priest, a Catholic priest in the UK, Sean Goff, was arrested for praying silently outside an abortion clinic. Thank the good Lord, he was just acquitted. Let's play some of The Good Father Outside the Courthouse everyone has the right to pray in their mind. I'm pleased that I've been cleared of all the charges today and have cleared my name. It's wrong for the authorities to censor parts of the street from prayer, even silent prayer, from peacefully having conversations and sharing information that could be of great help to women who want an alternative choice to abortion. I pray every day, everywhere I go, and prayer can never be a crime. But I was charged for praying for
3: freedom of speech.
0: Praying can never be a crime. I follow this man right now, Father Sean Goff, Catholic priest on Twitter from Wolverhampton, England. I want to get him on the show next week. But it's not just something happening 8,000 miles away. It's happening here in America, and somebody who is key to fighting back is a brave FBI whistleblower who is a friend of our show, also Dan Bongino's. Kyle Serafin, welcome back to America First. Thanks for having me on, Seb. Happy to be here. Uh, Kyle, let's put up the image of this memo from the Richmond uh, field office of the FBI that I read excerpts of uh, a, a few days ago, which states that traditional trad Catholics, traditional Catholics are overlapping with uh, should be considered a threat as domestic violent extremists linked to white supremacy now this document was leaked from the fbi richmond office the fbi says it has been withdrawn can you give us an update on this has this document been withdrawn and what the hell was it doing being written in the first place
3: well, the uh, information that I got that it was still up on Wednesday, it sounds like it's down now. We've been kind of checking in on it. Um, I have a number of people in the Bureau that are trying to defend the First Amendment, I guess. That that seems like the easiest thing that uh, we all swore to do, but uh, not everyone is willing to do it. So they finally have taken it down, but they did say they took it down last week and they they obviously did not. Until very recently,
0: so let's. Oh, I'm just noticing behind you. You've got some very nice hardware. He's got a night force scope on an AR-15, dude. That's a right, good eye. You have good, a good eye. You have a very good taste in glass. I. I we'll talk about guns uh, maybe offline, but I'm just looking at the stuff behind him. It's the Carl seraphim podcast. So can you explain to me? I'm a Catholic, so, so I'd like to know why is the FBI writing threat analyses memoranda? On traditional Catholics.
3: Well, you and me both were on the Catholic front, and uh, and obviously it's something troubling to me. So it's worth noting that the whistleblower who brought the uh, the document to my attention is not a Catholic, but saw this as a, a, a like a pry bar to open the door up into all Christians. Right. Because if you're going to go after radical traditional Catholics, the next move is radical traditional Baptists and and Lutherans and evangelicals, and you name it, and we're all on the list because the, the way that oh, this hang, document— hang on, is hang on, hang on,
0: hang on, hang on. Mistake. I'm sure traditional Muslims, I'm sure that under this administration, if you're a traditional Muslim, you probably don't have a threat memo written on you. I think Ilhan Omar might have some issues with that. Sorry. Carry on, Carl. I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, what's funny is, is
3: that, uh, the whistleblower who brought this also said if you replace the words radical Catholic with radical Muslim, there's no chance this thing would have been approved. So you have a very strong insight there um, also to the people that I'm, I'm speaking with. It, it doesn't matter what side, whether you're in the FBI or out. Um, but I believe what this document was trying to do or, or the, what the writer sort of saw it as, uh, and the writer uses all kinds of woke ideology like uh, they say uh, – um, abortion rights, as opposed to just the act of abortion. They talk about pregnant persons and not women, which is absurd. Um, and they try to draw common cause between white supremacists and their stances on abortion, LGBTQ issues and so on, saying that this is, you know, something that uh, radical traditional Catholics are susceptible to recruitment with. But, uh, you know, those positions are mainstream Christian, not just Catholic positions. So I think it was a pry to get into that. And once you have um, an intel product like this, it can act as a seed crystal that really grows into its own sort of body of work. People can write and they can reference it. Um, and they can build, uh, you know, additional intelligence products around it, and that can be used to predicate intelligence cases, which is something we've talked about. So that's the real danger here, and uh, it's something that we need to really keep our eye on. Luckily, uh, people that I know have visibility of this kind of thing, and uh, and are. Are concerned. I've had, you know, traditional Catholic FBI agents call me up. People I've never spoken to before that were furious and asked if they could get in touch with this uh, this analyst, because not only did it get through the peer review process of the other analysts, it made it through a supervisor and then it made it through the chief division counsel, who's the top attorney in Richmond, who theoretically is calling balls and strikes and calling things out of policy, which this document was. Uh, if only because it was using the SPLC, the well, Southern Poverty Law Center. Well, this is my Law last Center. question. The, the source, source yeah. the
0: source for this is a radical left-wing hate organization, the Southern po- yes. Poverty Law Center, that is linked to actual violent extremist attacks in America. Yep, it sure is. In fact, it was something I was briefed at at Quantico. They talk
3: about the, uh, the shooting that happened at the Family Research Council yeah. in D.C. I mean, that's still very real to the people in the Washington field office. So... Um, you know, when I was there almost seven years ago, they stated that this was not an appropriate source for intelligence products. And I know that goes back before my time there. So probably close to 10 years, they've they've been uh, banned as a official source for FBI intelligence. And I think you'll find this clever and funny. I just got another, it's not really a whistleblower, it's more of inside Intel, but I had someone reach out to me today and said that the production service unit, this is the, the people that actually handle Intel products like this at headquarters, sent out kind of a pro tips in a very cutesy way and nice, cute, pink font saying, uh, you know, be really careful about the way that you write things. And if you use lousy sources, it's not good. And, you know, don't do circular reporting. All the things that you would expect an intelligence agency to know um, it should be wrote. But instead, uh, they have to warn these people not to use this garbage.
0: Yeah, I love it. The the FBI, the most powerful uh, law enforcement agency in the world, has to have internal reminders. Don't write crappy intel analyses. If you're doing a good job, you probably shouldn't need those kind of reminders. Right, Kyle? One would think, yes. That's, uh, one, it's pretty depressing. One would think. All right. God bless you. Keep doing what you do. We need to get you back for a longer chat. In the meantime, he's the host of something that strangely is called the Kyle Seraphin Show. Follow him on Twitter. I'm Sebastian Gorker. I'll call you later. We'll talk guns. We'll talk optics. This is America First. It's Second Amendment Friday. It's Ask Dr. G Anything Friday. The lines are absolutely jam-packed. Don't go anywhere. Garrett, Don, Antoinette, Mark, and all of you lovely, lovely callers. If you like our show, follow us on all social media platforms. We're everywhere that matters. Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Getter, Cloud Hub, Telegram. You can watch us. Yeah, we're a TV show, too. SalemNewsChannel.com, Roku, Roku, all that stuff. And my personal Substack, my latest analysis on the China spy balloon fiasco, SebastianGorka.Substack.com whole name yeah the whole thing is one word sebastian gorka.substack.com this is america first wherever you are whatever you're doing do not touch that dial
2: Are you ready? Things are about to get magnificent. America First with Dr. G. Train.
0: Derailments, fentanyl deaths, wars in Europe, spy balloons. Are you getting frightened by the headlines, dear friends? You should be. We're getting closer and closer to disaster every day. That's why, if you haven't stocked up on emergency food already, now it's the time to make sure you have a plan B. When the panic hits, grocery stores are stripped within minutes maximum hours. That's why you should pick a three-month supply of food from the best and the biggest in the business. That's the guys I rely upon. It's My Patriot Supply. When you order a three-month emergency food kit, you'll get $200 worth of top-quality survival gear as well to help you if the grid goes down. This $200 gift is with each three-month supply of emergency rations. Go right now to mypatriotsupply.com Tomorrow may be too late, and next time it may not be just baby formula. Go right now to MyPatriotSupply.com for your three-month supply and your $200 worth of free survival gear. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. All right. uh, It's been far too long since we've had our next guest on the show with us today. He is a truth teller, whether it's about what's happening with COVID, with health provisions across the nation for the last two years, or whether it's about certain organizations that say they represent you when in fact they don't. He's our good buddy Phil Kirpin, who is the president of American Commitment. Phil, welcome back to America First. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. So, Phil, uh, there is an organization out there that says it stands for uh, senior citizens in the United States. Could you tell us the truth about this organization and what it's really up to?
4: Yeah, I think one of the reasons uh, the healthcare policy debates have been so distorted in this country is that uh, the largest organization that people still think of as a seniors group, which is AARP has really uh, moved into a very different business, and they no longer represent seniors. They uh, use them. They monetize them, essentially, actually. Uh, The seniors are the product that they sell to uh, the big insurance company, uh, United Health Group, as well as other corporate partners, but really especially United Mm -hmm. Health Group, which they have an exclusive deal with for their health insurance products. And they get what they call a royalty of 4.95% of all the premium revenue of all the ARP branded United Health products and of course hang on hang on the organization um, that it, says
0: it's, it's meant it's, to just generally fight for the interests of senior citizens actually makes money out of their relationship with that health care provider
4: billions of billions of dollars uh, it's an extremely lucrative lucrative arrangement makes them three or four times as much on an annual basis as they make in their total membership dues. And uh, w- what I think has happened um, is essentially they've become the advocacy and marketing arm of the health insurance industry. And of course United Health is the largest insurance company And I think that's why Obamacare passed the way it did. I think that more recently it's why uh, the Extremely Corrupt Inflation Reduction Act passed the way it did last year. And it's not just that they distort policy debates, but they also have massive political influence as well. And of course... Uh, they're in bed with the Democrats. They did 71. They there were 71 members of Congress. They got the full treatment from AARP last year, the events and the press releases and all of the, the ads, everything. Uh, 70 of the 71 were Democrats. And so this is a this is a highly partisan uh, entity in practice, as well as uh, highly lucrative. And of course, you know, it's a nonprofit, uh, sort of a name only because they have $2 billion a year in revenue and they had you know, they, they had about 20 percent retained earnings last year and uh, their their corporate royalty structure, I think, is something Congress needs to investigate. Uh, whoever heard of a government program where you can skim four point nine five percent off the top and that's not considered a kickback. That's considered perfectly fine. And it's not they're not registered to sell insurance. It's not a commission. Uh, they have this two cube by half uh, royalty structure and it's become an enormous business for them.
0: So what should people know about American Commitment? What should uh, people who are concerned do? Talk, us about, talk to us about what you're doing and any websites they, they should check out.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've launched a project called our Commitment to Seniors project uh, that investigates the financials behind ARP and uh, is trying to combat Uh, their lobbying influence by educating uh, elected officials in Congress in particular and trying to get them to investigate this arrangement. All of our stuff is on the website. If you go to AmericanCommitment.org, our main website, you can click on Commitment to Seniors. It's one of the main items that rotates through at the top, and that'll get you to the report that has all of the detailed analysis of their financials, which I think are very eye-opening. It also has a pre-written letter you can send to Congress or edit however you want. And we're hoping uh, that we can get some, some oversight conducted of this relationship because it's been extremely corrosive uh, for health policy debates.
0: AmericanCommitment.org, AmericanCommitment.org. We're talking with its head, the president, Phil Kirpin. Follow him on Twitter at Kirpin, K E R P E N. Just quickly, you know, Phil, you know this stinking city, there's the elevator pitch, right? If you've got a policy recommendation, you've got to be able to sell it in the time it takes to ride a few stories in an elevator with uh, your superior in government or at the, at the corporation, if, if somebody meets uh, a person who thinks AARP is good and they get into the elevator with them or they bump into them at the barbecue or what have you, what, what should, what is the elevator pitch for the problem with the AARP, Phil?
4: Well, it's an organization that first and foremost looks out for its corporate partners, uh, in particular United Health Group. And I I think what I would point out, if you have a limited time, I would say, look, remember, this is the group that endorsed Obamacare when its own members were telling it um, by 14 to 1 that they opposed it. And they didn't want that bill to pass. Uh, This is an organization that now gets three times as much money on an annual basis from United Health Group as they get from seniors. And this is an organization that's skimming five percent off the top of all these health insurance products, and not even telling their members that there may be a better deal from another company because other companies don't pay them that royalty or kickback. And so uh, I think the 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 short version is, you know, buyer beware, uh, shop around, don't assume uh, that they're representing you just because you're a member of the organization. Now the other thing I'd mention, uh, Dr. Gorka, is there was actually a lawsuit in Ohio. There was an ARP member sued them and said they ripped me off i didn't know i was uh, getting skimmed this five percent off the top when i bought an insurance product they had an obligation to represent me and not to do that and they actually got the lawsuit dismissed they said they had no fiduciary obligation to their membership they had no relationship wow. of trust with their members it was just a business relationship wow. and they won the case but i think it
0: said a lot about how they operate sounds like a scam to me Discover the truth about AARP. I think that rhymes. That might be a haiku. Uh, Americancommitment.org. Phil Kirpin. God bless you for telling the truth. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, coming to you live from the Reliefactor.com studios. Your call's next here on America First. Relief Actor, pain relief that works, pain relief that's real, pain relief that is liberating. Half a million Americans right now, me included. Yes, Dr. G, but it's not just me. It's people like Leah from Ohio. This is her story. One Sunday morning, I sat on my couch in so. Much much pain i was in tears that's the day i ordered relief factor following directions in eight days i found relief only to get better and better i'm a believer 100 percent. that's amazing that could be you it should be you there's only one way to find out but it's super easy order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com it'll be at your door in three days or less take it morning and evening like i do and i promise you dr g's guarantee by the end of those three weeks you will know whether it works for you like it works for me Leah and 500,000 of your fellow Americans Eight hundred, five hundred, eighty-three, eighty-four. 500 dot rallyfactor.com